Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Dad is out, so the kids will play. <laughs> Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast. Henry Chisholm with Zach Stevens here coming to you. Like I said, Ryan is out today. So, Henry, this thing is going to get off the chains. Let's get crazy. But first, got to tell you, I got to keep this thing on track a little bit. Got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Over at DraftKings Sportsbook, bet $5 and you get $200 in free bets. If you bet on a Moneyline NBA game and that bet hits $200 in your account plus the winning. So check them out and use that code DNVR. And one other awesome announcement that we've got this morning, literally news breaking or, or news coming in uh 21 minutes ago that we are changing the way we do things over at dnvr huge news as we announce and what i mean by that is we're really it, it's a two-in-one here what we're doing is we are unlocking more content than ever over at thednvr.com. Nearly all of our content at thednvr.com is going to become free for anyone, but we're also going to upgrade what being a member means. We've now changed it to where if you're a member, you are a diehard, and diehards get so much at thednvr.com. You get a free T-shirt at sign-up plus Every single year that your diehard renews, you get a free t-shirt. You get 20% off merch always, 20% off all of our events we do, 15% off your tab at the bar every time you're there, exclusive merch for diehards. You get a diehard card, premium content, and so much more. So I really think of this as a two-on-one. More content for everyone over at thednvr.com. Plus, you also get so much more if you become a diehard. So check out everything we've got going on from all the free content on our site. Uh, I have a co- I have a piece that I dropped yesterday that's now free for everyone to look at. Henry's got a piece on the young receivers the Broncos are going to need to rely on. Everyone can check that out over at thednvr.com. And on top of that, make sure to check out Becoming a Diehard because discounts on everything and you become a Denver sports diehard. What do you think of that, Henry? Oh, it's going to be so much fun. Like as much as like it, it's nice writing for the members, just opening that door up and letting people read the stuff we write is really cool. And then beyond that for the members, obviously like the Broncos podcast is its own unique thing where the commenters yep. are members and diehards who get to have the comments read. But then there's all the other stuff, the discounts to the tailgates, discounts to the, the um, uh, when, the, when they take the bus 
to the the takeovers, the takeovers. Those are going to be really fun. There's that jazz game in like a month, a little less than a month. I think I'm going to go to. Yeah, I mean, it's it's discounts for everybody. Well, for for the diehards and it, more free things to read for the for everybody. It is, it is. It, it, I, I love what we're doing. So make sure to check it out over at thednbr.com. And a lot of people are saying, "Wow, early pod today, guys." Well, just like we're here for the diehards and for everyone. We're also here for you, and just for a number of reasons, we had to go early in order to get this pod, and we've got a snow day here. That's not why we're going remote, though. Uh, oh, wow. Broncos changed their schedule up a little last second. We've got some awesome things going on at the bar tonight, so make sure to check out the Lacroix, the Lacroix hockey event uh, mm-hmm. that, that we've got going on. Swing by the bar tonight. And also, as uh, we've got people saying, Alex in the comment section, hit us with a like when you're here. We'd really, really appreciate that. Helps us a lot. So thank you all. And uh, Henry, there was some very interesting news that came out surrounding Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Our friend Tyler Columbus yesterday on his radio show over at Altitude. Here's what he said about what he's hearing from inside the Broncos organization. Russ is losing his mind out there. He's using audibles from the Seahawks. The guys don't know the audibles. He's using code words that the guys don't know. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's right. Also, I'm going to start here. You know, he said also that he'd... um like he he had hesitated about saying it that he was waiting for more people to tell him that that's what was going on eventually more people did tell him that and so that's why he ran with it i'm still taking it with just a little grain of salt because it's so it's it's unbelievable right like how could he be out there calling plays that are not in the playbook using words that nobody knows what they mean and there are a couple plays that you go back and look at and Maybe that's the best explanation Mm. is like he's he said to do something that nobody knew what it meant um so I will say I am just a little bit hesitant to to totally say that that's what's going on. Terrifying though, for sure, if if it's true. Yeah, and another reason to believe that it is true, but I guess it's fair to always have that caveat if it's true. But uh, you also have Benjamin Albright going in and uh, saying that there's truth to that. So now you have multiple really? people saying that uh, that it's true. I never thought of digging into that uh, before <laughs> yesterday. So that, I mean, that was something that I never thought of. Like, is Russ calling Seattle plays or is he calling Denver plays? Now, uh, there's but- a wristband? Uh, yeah wristband and someone pointed it out yesterday russ at his press conference wore the wristband maybe a little uh subtle shot at pete carroll continuing uh but we know pete can't get his mind off of russ according to this russ can't take his mind completely out of seattle with this and and henry there's so many things that i thought of i mean like five things hit my mind when i first heard that from Mm -hmm. tyler yesterday uh and uh, let's just go through them The, the first one is if this were to have come out after week one, I'd be like, okay, I get it. I- I'm going to cut Russ some slack here because not only was it his first game playing with a new team, he was playing in Seattle he, in, in, and, and it was his first game with the new team. So I, I would cut him some slack. We're here nine weeks after nine games, Henry. This can't still be happening. Big concern. The other thing that, that hit me was – should we be? Are, are we too harsh on Nathaniel Hackett? Now, obviously, this doesn't take all the blame away from Nathaniel Hackett, but if your quarterback is calling Seattle Seahawks plays, and especially at the line checking, how effective can your offense truly be? Totally. One of the things that crossed my mind was, what if they just haven't implemented all that yet? Where he says, whatever the code word is, and that means just run a quick little slant. Like, is it just that they haven't gotten through and put all these things in yet? And so he can't have that sort of control because it does look like there's times when he should be able to 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 use some of that stuff, but it isn't happening. Is do they have all the checks that they need, all the, the code words that they need implemented? And if not, are, are these is he just forgetting which ones are and which ones aren't? Are they like blending the terminology between what he uses and what Hackett has used? And so you wind up with something in between and he can't remember a couple of them. And so he's throwing the wrong words out. I mean, it's it's bad news for sure. 
and you almost need for something like this to be happening to put up 14 points a game. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's yeah. a great point. And, 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 and as concerning as it is, you have to imagine that this isn't going to stick around for the rest of Russ's career and he's going to change. You hope it's sooner than later. So in a weird way, it's like, oh my gosh, this is so concerning. But then in another way, you're like, maybe a little bit of hope. A little yep. bit of hope. And as Star Wars says, maybe hope isn't good because we cling on to it uh, and, and it just burns us in the end, like like this season really has being being uh, uh, fo- following the Broncos. But this is something where, what if Russ just focuses on this and he eventually forgets about the Seattle stuff? What if that does lead to another touchdown? I mean, yesterday yeah. Russ said, we, we need two more touchdowns a game. And it's like, okay, that's doubling what you've done. You kind of roll your eyes at that. But this could help really help lead to more results so so i get i get encouraged by that but then i do wonder well when is this when is this going to change when is this going to fix and then another thing that pops into my mind right away is we found out uh throughout the season that a couple of touchdown plays have been plays that russ has checked to he's audible to including the one to Jalen virgil this past week the only touchdown the broncos had in the game was a check at the line of scrimmage from russell wilson to Jalen virgil so we know some of his checks are working what if all of his checks worked and <laughs> ha- how much how much could that help and we talked about just and we, we even talked about this earlier this week we talked about boy it's crazy that russ isn't able to make all of these checks and protections at the offensive line maybe he's not able to because he's doing it in a different language from these guys so again a little sliver of hope meaning mm. that Maybe Russ is just speaking a different language instead of just not knowing how to do it. So on one hand, it is really concerning. But on the other hand, it does provide a little bit of hope. And then when I think of Russ throwing those uh, audibling to touchdowns, and then I think of him audibling and it doesn't work, it just plays into kind of what Nathaniel Hackett has been saying over these past few weeks is just, man, we have a good play call. And then there's poor execution. We have a bad play call, but the execution's there, but the play call wasn't there. And he just, he's players and, and Hackett have just talked about how like things just aren't adding up. There's good things happening pretty much every single play, but they're not adding up and they're just not combining ever. And that's what's going wrong. This is just another piece to that. Yep. And I mean, I've said it over and over again, like I'm at the point where I don't know what I would do to fix the offense. Like, Obviously, the coaches should have better ideas on how to fix this sort of thing than me. But usually there's at least something that you throw out there where it's like, well, I would just do this. Like, I would say more shotgun. I would say under center more. I don't really have an opinion. None of it has worked. None of it has worked. And so what you really look for is just reasons why things are going wrong. And this is one of them. This is one thing where you can say, like you said, like, maybe it just fixed. It gets fixed. And if that gets fixed, all of a sudden there's... 14 points a game to 16 points a game. You at least have some sort of little upward momentum because to this point, it just looked like everything has gone wrong. Like there's just nothing you could point to and say, this is a little thing that could just flip in their favor. And there's finally one. Yep, there, there is finally one, and one play specifically that I think of is week one in Seattle. Remember when the offensive line, when the ball was on the one-yard line and it was the handoff to Javante and, and the offensive line said they didn't hear the audible? Yeah. Maybe they just didn't understand it. Maybe <laughs> yeah. they just maybe they just didn't know that Russ was audibling because mm-hmm. it was a different language. And so maybe they truly just didn't hear it either. But that's one that kind of pops into my mind, well, that one was right. Let's say that was wrong and it was right. That's a win for the Broncos right there. If they get one more yard, they're going to win that game, in my opinion, right there. And there's probably uh, potentially a lot of other ones. So it's just a weird situation because in one way it makes you feel scared uh, as, as can be. But in another way you're like, oh, well, if, if Russ can fix that, which you hope a 10-year vet in the NFL, a quarterback that's been to eight Pro Bowls, had nine winning seasons, will be able to fix. Uh, so it's it's very, very fascinating. Uh, and uh, we'll get to see this week if it changes at all, Henry, because the Broncos are not only playing a bad Raiders team, but the Raiders are so bad, Henry, because of their defense. This defense is atrocious, and they're they're 
worse than the Broncos offense. Pretty much when you look at the numbers, Henry, the Raiders have the worst defense in terms of yards given up uh, in a season uh, or, or, or per game. They have the the second worst yards per play. They, they're in the bottom five in points per game. They're in the bottom 10, Henry, and literally every single statistical category you can be as a defense outside of rushing yards given up per game where they're they're 11th they're 11th worst so i mean they're one spot out of being in the bottom 10 uh in one category the rest they are the worst so my question to you considering what we just talked about with the offense being potentially an even more disarray than we thought can the broncos score 20 points this week if they don't I'm going to be, I mean, I'm already concerned. There, right. There's nowhere farther. I can't get any lower on this offense than I already am, but they, they have to be able to, how could you not? There's just, they don't have talent. Like the Raiders just don't have talent. They have Max Crosby yeah. and that's maybe their only good player. Like Trayvon Merrick's going to be, I haven't watched him enough to see if he's like actually living up to the first round hype. That'd be the other one that you look at and say like, okay, there's maybe two good players. And Chandler Jones, the big big free agent signing, he's washed. He has half a sack this season. It's really they have bad. nothing. They have nothing. Like, how could you not move the ball against the team? Now, the caveat is if you're running Quinn Bailey out there against Max Crosby, mm. doesn't matter if you throw a tight end there, he's gonna beat both of them. So it's we'll see about that one piece, but there's no reason they shouldn't be able to get to 20 points. There is no reason they shouldn't be able to get to 20 points. You're spot on, Henry. In fact, every single team, including the Broncos, that has played the Raiders this year has scored 20 or more points. So if the Broncos <laughs> don't score 20 points, I mean, that's how bad this Raiders defense is. They've allowed 20 points in every single game. And the only time the Broncos scored more than 20 points in a game, or I guess they've, they've yeah, they've done it once, right? No, they've done it twice. And one was against Jacksonville where they scored 21. The only other time they scored 20 points was against these Raiders in week four when they put up a whopping 23 points, a season high 23 points. But since then, the Raiders defense has given up 30 to the Chiefs. Then they had a bye week. Then they gave up 20 to the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans with Davis Mills. The Houston Texans with Davis Mills scored 20 points. Then the next week, the Saints dropped 24 on them, then 27 to the Jags, then 25 to the Matt Ryan-led Colts with Jeff Saturday as their coach. The Colts did that on the road in Las Vegas, by the way. Henry, it's another reason why if the Broncos don't score 20 points this week and they lose – if they don't score 14 points and they lose, if they don't score 10 points and they lose, you can't move on from Russell Wilson because he's here for the long term. But you can move on from Nathaniel Hackett. That's another reason why this game is so big is because in the past three home games the Broncos have had, they've averaged 9.3 points per game. If they do that again against this team, Something's got to change, and, and and it's not just like a small little tweak. You, you can't have Nathaniel Hackett up there on Monday saying, yeah, we'll evaluate everything. And I'm not necessarily saying it has to be him that gets fired, but that would, I think, be an option. Uh, but something major would have to change because this Raiders team is so bad. Yeah. I mean, it's it's terrible. Like you said, you have to at least score points. If you lose but you score points, that's yeah. fine. If you lose and you don't score points, I'm probably with you. Like if, if you can't get to if you can't get to 14 points, maybe that's the cutoff. Then, then yeah, some something needs to change. Oh man! And uh, there's just other reasons when you look at it from the other side. The Raiders could easily say, "Okay, look, we haven't held a team under 20 points this season. If we're ever gonna <laughs> do it." It's this week, not only just with yeah. the Broncos points per game being the worst in the NFL, but then this report out of Denver just came out that Russell Wilson's calling the wrong audibles. He's using Seattle Seahawks terminology. How can you let that guy beat your defense? And then they could also say, look at the Broncos offensive line. We talked about it yesterday. Henry, they could be playing three 
third string players and two of them at the tackle position going up against Max Crosby. Look, Chandler Jones, what what did he have? Like uh, seven sacks last year or something, and five of them, four of them came in the first week or something like that. He has completely <laughs> fallen off. He has one sack this year so far. So this, this is a guy who has, his name is way bigger than his play. But you're not telling me that this could be a get-right game for him if he's going up against third stringers. And, of course, you have to devote a lot of attention to Max Crosby. So, on the flip side, the Raiders are saying, this is our game for our defense to show that we're not terrible. That This is their chance to have the best game. Uh, so, when you view it from a Broncos perspective, you're like, yeah, they really should. When you view it from a Raiders perspective, they're like, yeah, we really should shut the Broncos down. Yep, it's just like when you go through the schedule at the beginning of the season and you say, oh, well, they play the Cardinals. They should win that one. Meanwhile, the Cardinals are saying, we play the Broncos. We should win that one. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's just how it always goes. I uh, I think it's all going to come down to the injuries. If, if mm. the Broncos actually are playing their third-string tackles, their third-string center, they're, they have Cortland Sutton, and then they bring back Kendall Hinton and Jalen Virgil and those guys again this week. Uh, it's it's like that's that's not an NFL offense. Like yeah. you don't have an NFL offense at that point, and so yeah. getting over fourteen might be a challenge if you're really stuck without half. I mean, more than half probably of your starters. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you're you're spot on. So so Henry, I want to get your prediction for this game, but first I gotta tell you about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Where DraftKings Sportsbook, they aren't just confident that the Broncos are going to win this game because the Broncos are uh two and a half point favorites, I believe. But Henry, the Broncos, I want to pull this up right here. The DraftKings, or no, now the Broncos are three point favorites. But the Broncos wow. are confident, or I'm sorry, DraftKings is confident that the Broncos are going to score more than 20 points this game. They have the Broncos team total of points set at 21 and a half. So the Broncos wow. are getting the hook on top of three touchdowns. That is incredible. So I know a lot of people who are very down on the Broncos in the comment section right now saying, you guys are crazy saying they're going to score 20 points. And so if you don't think the Broncos are going to score 20 points, <laughs> boom, easy money, according to you over at DraftKings, take the under on the 21 and a half. I'm curious what Henry's going to do right now. But but but, but I got to tell you, use that code DNVR over at DraftKings Sportsbook to get in on the Broncos game. Get in on Thursday night football tonight. I'm looking forward to this one. Derrick Henry going up against uh, Aaron Rodgers. Packers are three and a half point favorites in Green Bay. It should be a really fun game. And if you use the code DNVR and bet on a money line bet over uh, on any NBA team and they win, you get $200 free in your account. So get your account started with $200 free in your account. Use that code DNVR when you sign up over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And of course, see our show notes for details. Mm -hmm. We have also partnered with Chiba Hut. And you know, I've gotta I've gotta admit, I've I've never been to Chiba Hut. I've driven past it so many times. I've thought about stopping so many times. I've almost ordered it for delivery so many times because it all up. looks so You've good. I up, just Henry. Now I know, I know I have, so I'm really excited now that I actually uh I mean sometime this week I'm gonna get in there and I need to know what you guys recommend. Like if anybody has like a favorite sandwich or something, like hit me up on Twitter or something, let me know because I uh, I mean eventually I'm probably gonna try them all. But I need to know where to start. Okay, um, Henry. Uh, Zach, you go first. No, no, it's all you, Allie. You, the, one of my favorite things about Chiba Hut is their dessert. They have these like cereal Rice Krispie treats, and they have a cinnamon toast crunch one that is absolutely incredible. So not only is the sandwich amazing, but that dessert is so good. Ryan's also gonna chime in. Zach, I um, got your – so I went to Chiba Hut last night. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> I got a delicious sandwich, the Thai stick, which is amazing. Ooh. And I got a side of what you uh, described as hot sauce. <laughs> uh, I warned you it probably wasn't going to be hot. Zero out of ten on the heat scale. <laughs> I think – See, man, it, it, it burns my tongue a bit. <laughs> you don't just have to grade hot sauce based on how hot it is. Sometimes it's about what it tastes like. And that's the thing. That that's kind of yeah. what I was saying is the taste is amazing. Um yes. I'm sure Ryan would agree with that. 
It's not hot sauce if it's not hot. <laughs> okay, well, that's, so, don't call so it hot sauce. It, just call it a really good sauce. Yeah, great sauce. Great sauce. <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes they're jalapenos, though, and I, I don't know if uh, if Ryan would agree with me here. Sometimes they're jalapenos uh, make my mouth on fire for, like, the rest of the night. So um, be wary of them. Um, okay. But we, we, we have a Matt, our guy Matt Dewhurst, uh, it, or we, we Steve commented and said, you got to get the Jamaican widow at chiba hut so maybe that's your first go-to henry i'm not i'm not sure about that but you got to check out our friends over at chiba hut check out what they've got going on over on their instagram as well and i just mentioned matt dewhurst he just dm'd me two minutes ago and said just got the email about the new dnvr membership for diehards you guys never cease to amaze me proud to be a member since the bsn days a lot of people are already getting in on the diehard deal and we really appreciate all of the support but make sure to check us out if you've never really checked out our website because you haven't been able to see the content well now check it out because most of our content pretty much all of our content is unlocked and free and don't just check us out today just come back every single day we want to be your spot for denver sports news and it's not just broncos you get of course rockies nuggets abs rams buffs rapids uh the the colorado or the the american raptors you get everything over at the dnbr.com and of course look at being a diehard join us as ryan says in the comments working on the diehard launch this morning hope everyone checks it out and enjoys the new benefits miss you all so check us out and, and look into becoming a diehard you of course get the exclusive right to comment on our post uh and have your comments read on this podcast but you also get all the other benefits of discounts on everything exclusive merch like i said earlier so check us out over at the dnbr.com all right, Henry, you said the Broncos should score 20 points. Do they? You know, I feel really stupid saying this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know how exactly I'm doing on picks score-wise. It feels like I've probably been way off. Well, here, here, let me uh, let me pull it up right now. Uh, on the season, just straight up, not against the spread. Um, let me pull it up right here. You and Ryan are tied for last place oh, in our God. picks. You are 10 and 14. Ryan is 10 and 14. Your boy, a nice 12 and 12. So wow. we uh we aren't really representing that well here considering the leader is only 500. Yeah, it's not great. I'm going to I'm going to take the Broncos. I'm going to say oh. 21 to 20. Henry, I think it's, it's going to be Henry, a battle. Henry. I think I mean I don't see a world in which they actually uh, – they could shut down the Raiders. I doubt it. It's 21-20. It's going to be a close game. There's going to be like a big play for the Raiders late that kind of get, gets them close. <sighs> this is going to feel dumb. This is going to feel dumb in a couple days. Wow. Henry saying the Broncos are going to win. And uh, and what's the over-under? I know it was 41 and a half, but oh, right wow. now it is set at 41. So, Henry, I mean, you, you're, you're just <laughs> going exactly. You're going with the push over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, and Ryan, I got his picks uh, because I wanted to know what he was going to pick in this game. And he disagrees with you, Henry. Ryan, the most optimistic person in the world about these Denver Broncos, doesn't have the Broncos scoring 20 points. In fact, Henry, Ryan doesn't have the Broncos. Ryan only Ryan doesn't even have the Broncos scoring half the points that you have them scoring. I mentioned the Broncos in their past three home games are scoring 9.3 points per game. Ryan has them topping that by 0.7 points per game. Ryan has the Broncos scoring 10 points and losing, losing to the Raiders at home 13 to 10 yikes and that brings me to something that Justin Simmons said yesterday and I thought Justin was very honest about this Justin was asked uh you know what what can you even be better on on defense and he said well I don't want to say we can be a lot better because that wouldn't be true <laughs> but there's some things we can be better on and and he said look we're not losing games three to zero we're still giving up touchdowns we're still giving up scores and he's right but I mean he's he's even being humble saying that but if the Broncos lose and give up 13 points at home and lose, Henry, it's the conversation we had earlier. Something major has to change if, if that's the case. Uh, because then 
yeah, the Broncos defense still will be giving up 13 points. But I mean, Justin Simmons wouldn't be too exaggerating saying that, you know, we're, we're not losing 3-0. If you're losing 13-10 to 10, and it's not a one-off, this is something that has consistently happened. Oh, boy. I mean, just a world of hurt is going to be here. Mm-hmm. But Henry... I'm feeling the way you are. And I mean, you you took the words out of my mouth talking about this game. This goes against my better judgment. On Monday morning, I could be looking like an absolute fool, especially yep. with this report coming out about Russ. I mean, everything is saying take the under on the Broncos points. Run with the Raiders getting plus money against the Broncos here. It just seems like... Why would you have confidence in this Broncos offense now? I think they hit that magic 20, but I think that's all they do. I think they hit 20 points in this game. I think the D, the the offense gets enough going on in the passing game. Russ looks marginally better than he has in the past and gets to 20 points, and the Raiders are not going to score more than 20 points. And you may be even crazy saying that because the only team to score more than 20 points on the Broncos is the the Las Vegas Raiders. When they drop not just 20, they drop 32 points on the Broncos' defense. If I am Evero, I am putting Draymond Jones as a stand-up outside linebacker when it's an obvious run situation, doing the Derrick Henry treatment on Josh Jacobs because Josh Jacobs is that good of a player when he plays the Broncos. You have to stop him. I I talked to uh, someone who covers the Raiders yesterday, and they talked to Josh and said, what is it about playing the Broncos that allow that that you just explode? And he said, it's a rivalry game, and, and I get up for them. I get up for playing the Broncos, and Clearly, that's true. So he's going to be up for this game playing the Broncos. So I'm not messing around. Give him the Derrick Henry treatment because you're giving Devontae Adams the Pat Sertan treatment, and he's just he's not going to beat you. So I don't think the Raiders score 20 points. I'm going to say 20 to 16. And I think like two weeks ago, there were four games in the NFL that ended 20 to 16. I'm going to say that streak (laughs) continues this week. And maybe it's just hope, not wanting to live in what's worse than a world of suck if they lose this mm. game. Uh, I, I don't really want a new head coach next week because it's uh, it, that would just be so much disarray. So I'm going to go the Broncos win this game 20 to 16. And who would have thought two of us on this podcast would be picking a Broncos win and the one person that didn't was Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of crazy. It, it, it is. All right, Henry. There's one other game in the AFC West this week, and it's – is it a juicy one? It's the Chiefs at the Chargers. It's juicy. It's juicy for sure. Um, I honestly still haven't decided which way I'm going to go. Like, obviously, the Chiefs just you, – you're never going to feel bad about picking the Chiefs in a game. Even if they lose, you don't feel dumb. Um Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, they're both limited. Gerald Everett's limited. If they had all of those guys, I'd be tempted to take the Chargers. You know, they're at home, which isn't the greatest home field advantage, but they have the pieces to to make a run against the Chiefs, and I don't think the Chiefs are going undefeated the rest of the way. This this might be the toughest game left on their schedule. Um, This one feels like a toss-up to me, but since they potentially won't have some of those receivers like they're going to need to put up a bunch of points i'm just gonna take the chiefs because i'm not i'm not gonna feel dumb about picking the chiefs even if i'm wrong i was gonna say you're gonna pick the chiefs because you're not stupid and i mean you you could pretty much say it like that and and hey i i still am a, a justin herbert believer i think he can win any game he plays in but um henry the 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 chiefs are just the far superior team they could be the best team in the nfl and the chargers just haven't lived up to uh, the hype that i thought they could be this year and some of it is due to injury just like the broncos have but this week specifically i mean they could be without like you said mike williams um uh, Keenan Allen again it, it it's going to be really tough to beat this Chiefs team and there's just no home field advantage for the Chargers that I imagine Chiefs fans are going to be in that stadium like crazy and if you're a Broncos fan this hurts to say 
You want the Chiefs to win this game. You want them to start running away with the division. Uh, Not necessarily running away with the division, but you would rather see the Chiefs run away with the division and be 8-2 and after this game than the Chargers win this game because the Chargers are a team, and I know it's a very small percent. What is it, 3% that the Broncos can make the playoffs right now, Henry? 2-3% that the Broncos can make the playoffs. But if we both have the Broncos winning this game, then... uh, you're kind of still, I guess, focused on this season because you're not going to be making any coaching changes if the Broncos win. And if the Chargers lose, they will be 5-5. Five and five. If the Broncos win, they will be 4-6. and six. The Broncos will be one game back of the Chargers. And uh, that's what you want right now because I don't think anyone in Denver is sitting here saying the Broncos are going to win the division. I mean, Henry, what are the odds of the Broncos winning the division now? I mean... Less than a percent. Yes. I mean, you're probably talking like 0.2. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So that's not going to happen. You might as well take the the one that's way more likely to happen, and that is making the playoffs just a couple percent (laughs) chance. And some other games to watch this week. Uh, The final wild card spot in the AFC West is five and four team. The New England Patriots own that. The Los Angeles Chargers are also five and four. And the Cincinnati Bengals are also five and four. But right now, it is the New England Patriots that hold that final spot. And this week, the Patriots are playing the Jets in New England. The Jets that beat the Bills and then had a bye week. The Jets could be uh, in the best position ever that they've been in like decades to beat the Patriots. Of course, yep. the Jets are six and three. If the Jets beat the Patriots, the Patriots will be five and five. If the Chiefs beat the Chargers, the Chargers will be five and five. And then the Bengals are on the road playing the Steelers, Pittsburgh, not a good team, but also Pittsburgh, not an easy place to play, especially I have to imagine for a division rival. If the Steelers beat the Bengals, they will be five and five. And if the Broncos do what Vegas says they should do, Henry, they'll be one game out of a wild card spot (sighs) going on the road to play the Panthers the next week. I mean, now parlaying all of these things is probably a long shot to happen this week. But when you, when you break them down, Really, the only one that seems kind of crazy to happen is the Bengals beating the Steelers. And again, that's that's a divisional game right there. So, I mean, it's just crazy. And even if you don't parlay all of those things, if you just talk about the Chiefs beating the Chargers and the Broncos being one game back of them, I mean, how, how crazy is that from just a couple of days ago talking about just another brutal Broncos loss? Yeah, I mean... I think there's, I've lost you. I think I've lost, lost Henry. Me. You've lost me. I mean, what? There's three teams at five and four that are sitting that are tied for that last playoff spot. It's you got a long way to go. You got a long way to go before you can be talking about the playoffs. But I mean, you know, you beat the Raiders. You you go beat the Panthers. Then all of a sudden, maybe that Ravens game can get you back into it. That, I mean, that's a that's a long way away. That's a long way away. It is. It, it is. A, it is a long way away. I just think it's crazy that in in one week the Broncos, or in in just a couple of days, the Broncos could be one game back of of the Chargers. Not necessarily the playoffs, but uh, but the Chargers, despite just how bad this is going. Uh, and I got to give a shout out to Alex. He's he's jumping off, but he says, "Give us a thumbs up. We would really appreciate that, and we really appreciate everyone tuning in." Of course. Turn on alerts, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you know when we're going live because sometimes we do go live at different times just like today. And when you're in the comment section dropping us a like, make sure to click on that game time link to get tickets to not just Broncos games, but Avs, Nuggets, it's uh, every Denver sports team uh, up to 60% off when you wait. Broncos game this week, if you wait, the tickets are dropping like crazy. So make sure to click on that link. It'll pull up the Broncos games right there. You can see where you want to sit for the Raiders game. As Ryan said yesterday, maybe a lot of people don't want to go to this game, which means there's a lot of tickets open for you in order to get. So check out our friends over at game time. If you want to get to this Raiders game, this may be the most affordable Raiders game that you can go to in years. So check them out. Click on the link in our description in YouTube and on podcasts. 
And you should also uh, check out some Breckenridge beers if you are going to the game. We'll have them at our tailgate, of course. We'll also have them at the DMVR bar, of course, if you wind up watching the game there. Um, actually, I don't know if they're in the stadium. They're at Ball Arena, so you can get them at Avs and Nuggets games. I haven't sat in those seats in so long. I'm not, I can't <laughs> yeah. remember for sure. Just about anywhere you go there, you can get your hands on uh, Breckenridge beers. It really is good stuff. If you go to breckbrew.com, um, you can use their beer locator and it'll tell you exactly where to go to pick up whatever beer you want. So if you say you want the Strawberry Sky, put in the zip code. They'll show you which grocery stores or liquor stores or whatever have Strawberry Sky. They're in, I think, more than 30 states now, so it's probably near you wherever you are. Make sure you're drinking. It's the best stuff out there. Yes, it absolutely is. And, of course, check out the DNVR.com. Check out our Die Hard and become a Die Hard because we'd really enjoy hearing from you over at the DNVR.com, specifically in this comment section. And, Henry, let's jump in to the comment section and talk to the people. First question coming in from Denver Rivals says, Hey, guys, thanks for the plug for the event. Unfortunately, due to weather and other circumstances, we are moving the Alzheimer's Association Cornhole Tournament later in 2023. Gives more time to make this event better and to have more DNVR fam there. My comment today is, I wonder how Ejiro Evero would be as a head coach. Or if Hackett is fired, would Mark Schlereth become interim head coach? Follow the Jeff Saturday model after winning against the Raiders, LOL. I think we are one competent coach away from making things happen for this team. Our last three coaches have been one-liner kings. Vance saying, another week of great practice. Vic saying, just win, baby, last year, which is a classic Al Davis Raiders line to their biggest rival. And now, Mr. We've got to play slash do better Hackett. My only disappointment from Peyton this far, th- thus far is his lack of moves to improve the offensive line or trade for a player to fill in for the Bulls injury. Let's hope we win or yield results for prolonged success this Sunday. Love the plug of game time right after discussing not going to the game to protest the state of the team. Keep killing it, y'all. Go Broncos and support Denver Rivals. Awesome. So, Henry... Um, this morning, and I'm happy that Denver Rivals brought this up uh, about Evero. This morning, Tom Pelosero dropped his annual piece talking about uh, the, the top head coach candidates that will be this offseason. And you know who was in the top five of his list? Well, he, he didn't he didn't rank them, but he put them uh, in, uh, in in order, I should say. Uh, and you know who was in the top five? Ejiro Evero. Yes, exactly. He was in that top five and no surprise, but this is another thing to kind of open your eyes about. Okay. If the Broncos are going to be looking for a head coach, you probably want to start in the building first with him because he's already getting national attention. Yeah. I mean, you look into it. Um, I'm not sure he's who I'd go after. Um, you know, obviously what he does with the defense is great. Like you want, you want to keep that around. It's also true that, you know, Vic Fangio before he also ran a great defense and wasn't number one. We'll see if the Broncos stay number one on defense. They might wind up being three in yards and five in points or whatever it was last year. And all of a sudden you're sitting about the same thing. Um, which again, Vic Fangio, he probably ran the defense really well too. So just cause you didn't necessarily improve it, which he has to this point, obviously, um, it doesn't mean that it's a bad job. It just, the defense does have a lot of talent. I think that that might be replaceable. The big thing on your, the the big problem you have is the offense. You need to find somebody who can run the offense. And so if you bring in Ejiro Evero, who's he bringing in to be offensive coordinator? Like, I don't know that he has the most connections around the league. I guess coming from the Rams, you would think, Maybe there's some up-and-coming coach that he knew there who he'd want to bring in. Um, maybe that's enticing. Maybe George Payton takes the lead finding the offensive coordinator. He's probably more well-connected. But to me, I would just go a different direction. I think he'd make sense maybe for some teams. I said yesterday, I don't think he winds up getting a job this cycle just because defensive guys wind up waiting longer anyway. Um, but yeah, you have to have the conversation for sure. Yeah, yeah, you, you definitely have to have the conversation, but I'm also not going to say anything you said is wrong. I mean, it, the offense is what's broken, and you you do have to fix the offense first, and Evero becoming the head coach just initially doesn't change anything with the offense. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the game management issues that the Broncos 
had terribly to start the season, those have gone away. So it's not like yeah. Evero is going to come in and, you know, make that so much better. Maybe there's some processes that are better and things like that, but you're right. You can't point to hiring Evero and then saying, look at the boost this offense is going to get. So let me just read what, what Pelissero said about Evero. He said, Evero's defense has been a bright spot in a frustrating season for Denver, allowing 19 points or fewer in eight of nine games. Born in England, Evero grew up in California, played safety at UC Davis, and signed with the Raiders as an undrafted free agent. They released him a few months later before embarking on a coaching career. He has coached all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams at various spots and been well-regarded at each stop over 15 NFL seasons, including the past five with the Rams, winning a Super Bowl last season as Las Vegas's or Los Angeles secondary coach and passing game coordinator. This is still just Evero's first year as an NFL coordinator, but he doesn't get rattled and has shown a knack for adjusting on game day. Learning from the likes of Vic Fangio in San Francisco, Mike McCarthy and Dom Capers in Green Bay and Sean McVay with the Rams has given Evero a unique blend of of perspective. So I think an interesting thing is he mm-hmm. did point to this being a first time uh, coordinator, which I mean, we know, but only one year of experience there. And he didn't say like, this is going to be the hottest candidate out there. So in Denver, he's obviously the guy that we talk about, but maybe you're right, Henry. And, and he does need one or two more years in, until he's hired. Another thing that's on his side though, is the NFL has held, um, conferences this year to boost people to to be to get head head coaching jobs from minority positions and the broncos have sent him to those so uh he is getting he is already getting looks around the league in terms of that yeah and you i can't remember what what sort of compensation do you get for hiring a minority coach i believe you third round yep yep the broncos will get a third round yeah for it uh wait the broncos would yeah but then the I think would, the, right. the team that hires him, I thought, got something too. Do they? I thought so. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe P- I'm potentially, wrong. Potentially, but I, I know you do get something if you develop these guys and they and they yep. are hired from you. Guys or gals, I should say. Yep. I don't know. It's interesting. It's just another little piece of the puzzle there. It yeah, is. And it, you can't be too surprised if he does get hired. Like I said yesterday, it's it's probably a bit of a hot take saying he's going to be the Broncos defensive coordinator next year, but... I still think that's where I'm at. And that's totally fair. And we have a lot of time to talk about that. Next one from Bronco Euler says, it's really clear that the square peg and that is Hackett's offense and the round hole that is Russell Wilson aren't comparable or aren't compatible. I believe Russ is still a top 10 quarterback, but he's also a system quarterback who can't be expected to produce to be productive in every single scheme. Let Hackett finish the season and then hire Dan Quinn. He went to a Super Bowl as a head coach in Atlanta with below average GM personnel. He and Peyton like each other a lot, and he has a good relationship with Russ from his time as Seattle's defensive coordinator during the Legion of Boom era. No brainer. Also on the Cowboys staff is Brian Schottenheimer, Russ's offensive coordinator through his best years in Seattle. And contrary to some inaccurate reporting, is on very good terms and speaks often with Wilson. Bring him in and make him the OC. No brainer. Although Evero will get some interest as head coach, I believe next season will be a bit too soon and he'll return as our defensive coordinator and maybe assistant head coach, especially considering he'd likely retain play calling since Quinn lets his coordinators run their respective sides of the ball, even on defense. No brainer. Quinn, Schottenheimer, Evero, it's obvious. Don't overthink it. And this is something where I totally see your point, Bronco Oiler, for, for all three positions. I, I see what you're talking about. The one that I just find a little bit hard to, to get behind is Evero remaining defensive coordinator if you bring in a new head coach, specifically a defensive head coach. Look, if Dan Quinn still lets Evero call the defense, that's great but it would still be just a slight demotion because Dan Quinn is a defensive guy. You don't, you think Dan Quinn would come in here and not do anything to the defense. No, Dan Quinn would still be the leader of the defense. Even if Evero is calling the shots and if Evero is this hot head coaching candidate, he would probably want a job where he is going to be able to be the guy on defense, not just like a one B on defense, even if he's calling plays. So I just think from, from Evero's perspective, he would want, a job where he's given all of the responsibility on defense. If he's not a head coach and with a defensive coordinator or with a defensive head coach in place, you, you just really wouldn't find that. And then also Hackett is Evero's best friend in the world. And they've been like that since college. 
firing your best friend, you may say, I'm going to go somewhere else right now if that happens. Now, that that's obviously probably a smaller piece to the puzzle, but just keep that in mind too. Yeah, I'm curious how many head coaches call plays. You know, I don't know how rare it would be for Dan Quinn to just say, I'm a head coach, I don't need to call plays. I was able to find, like, in 2015, there were 10 coaches who called plays. Eight were offense, two were defense. Um, but feels like it's more than that. So, yeah, and it, it, I think it's probably pretty pretty close to 50-50. Um, yeah. I mean, Brian Dayball does not call plays, and, and that True. really surprised me when I found that out. Yeah, so I'd be curious. That takes some time to dig into. I can't figure it out quickly. But I don't know, especially for Dan Quinn, who's been a head coach before. I think he might fit well as a guy who is more of just the CEO, Mm -hmm. run everything. And I I think that's kind of his appeal is that he's that kind of guy because you just need some sort of stability. And and that's the appeal to the whole plan that was put together in the comment because you bring in Schottenheimer. I mean, that's you're not doing that saying – Oh, I think we're going to find a way to be a top 10 offense. Look at this really cool thing that, that, that he does and see if we can kind of revolutionize, catch up to the chiefs and bills and all the things they're doing. It's no, that's throw it back to what was going all right in Seattle and just say, we're going to see if we can rebuild that. It's almost like a, a, a insurance plan. It's like, this doesn't feel like it's going to go great, but Right. If we're going to get anything out of Russ, we can get it out of him doing this, and maybe we just need to accept it. So I don't mind that plan, especially given where the Broncos are right now. Um, it might lose me if you lose Evero, though. I think mm. that he it, – it, you you because you need that great defense, right? And maybe Dan Quinn can call that defense in a way that keeps it where it's been the last couple of years. But it also feels like you might wind up with like the 18th or 20th best offense in the – 13th best defense and you're sitting here at three and six again just looking like a different team though but then dan quinn being a head coach he's been around the nfl for a long time he probably has his guys that he wants and and i hate the idea of forcing a coordinator or coaches on a head coach now obviously uh I, i think it would be totally understandable if dan quinn's like yeah i want evero he's really really good but dan quinn may also the past few years have been thinking this is the guy I want for my defensive coordinator position. And I know Evero's good, but I got my guy. I want, I want him. Um, so it, it, it is very interesting to, to see what happens there. Uh, and maybe it's something we're talking about sooner rather than later. C Dutz 1285 says, my boys, I'm sure the Steelers are in no way looking to part ways with him. Rightfully so. But if we're talking about first round picks for a coach, Mike Tomlin would be at the top of my list. <laughs> really wanted Hackett to succeed, but it just doesn't look like a hole that he can dig himself out of at this point. Hope that I'm terribly wrong and we kick the schnitz out of the Raiders for a kickstart. What are your guys' personal favorite Broncos this year? What about all time? I'm sure I'll have more to say between now and then, but if not, see you at the bar for the tailgate for week 18. Can't wait. Go Broncos and go DNVR. Okay, Henry, what do you think about uh, first round pick from Mike Tomlin? Um, I would take Sean Payton instead if that was an option. Okay. I think, I mean, you just need the offensive help. It makes too much sense. Mike Tomlin's a really good coach. Really, really good coach. I think if you bring him in, it, it, it would be worth a first round pick. It's also true though. And this is true of so many really good coaches. Like they just had a quarterback. And so if you have a quarterback, it's really easy to look like a good coach. And that applies to Sean Payton. And that applies to Bill Belichick. That applies to Mike Tomlin who had a, yeah. uh, Ben Roethlisberger for forever and the defense was great too and he definitely did his part but you do wonder if some of those guys got got bumped up a tier just because of the quarterback that they played with um it's Andy Reid too like Andy Reid great coach is he actually one of the three best coaches in the NFL maybe uh probably maybe but also like without Patrick Mahomes what would he look like you know so I don't know. I'd be a little bit hesitant expecting Mike Tomlin to come in and and be a great coach. You know, what's Pittsburgh right now? Are they also three and six at this point? Yep. And and Henry, with with the first year without Ben Roethlisberger, Mike Tomlin is looking at his first losing season, to your point. Exactly. And so if if you can trade a first for Mike Tomlin, you do it. That's a good coach. You bring him in. There's the stability. I, I think 
you know, we've talked a lot about accountability. Maybe not as much on the podcast. A little on the podcast. That's been a big topic in the press conferences, though. And uh, that's Mike Tomlin. Like, he's he's holding guys accountable. There's no screwing up routes. There's no releasing outside when you should release inside. There's there's none of those little things, that the holds, the false starts, the all these little pieces that have kind of fallen apart. I think with Mike Tomlin in the building, those are not an issue anymore. Um, but it's not going to be because he has his hands on the offense. So it also depends who he brings in and all that. I would do it, but I don't necessarily think that would just solve all the Broncos' problems. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos need two things when it comes to a head head coach and really just organization for, from a head coach position. They need offense, and they need stability. And Mike Tomlin would for sure bring the stability part because the stability yep. hasn't been there. Um, I mean, when Gary Kubiak was here, the organization was stable, but he was only here for two years. John Fox, uh, yes, was stable, but I mean, you're going back almost a decade now, which is which is crazy to say. I guess uh, over half a decade is fair to say, and and Mike Tomlin would certainly bring that, but you're right. Then he'd have to bring the right guy over from the offensive side. Next one from Nash Broncos says, Hi, boys. I feel like at this point, Hackett should basically allow Russ to run whatever offense he wants. What would Russ want to see more of? He was great at throwing outside in Seattle. And Cortland and Jerry should be able to make plays out there. Dulcich, too. He's been great on vertical routes. Broncos will win this week because they cannot lose to Josh McDaniels again. Ooh, they could. They could. It's possible. (laughs) You know, the crazy thing is, Russ came here because he was frustrated with the offense they wanted him to run in Seattle. You know, the, right. he he did not like what they were asking him to do, and so right. he came to Denver to run something else. And so, like, you can throw it back to what he did in Seattle that worked, and I'm, I'm sure at this point he'd be willing to accept it. Like, I, I don't know how you turn that down, considering what the numbers were there versus here. Um, but what does he want to do? That's just like a whole other piece of the puzzle that we actually maybe haven't even seen work because seattle didn't really let him do it either um at this point like if who knows whether they've been running what hackett wants to run or what russ wants to run there's there's things that would point both directions um the shotgun obviously points toward russ's way (sighs) whatever they've been doing just do the opposite like that's 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 where i'm at If if this has been hackett clinging to his thing sure just run the russ offense and it's not that easy it's not like, oh, download the playbook on Madden. Here we go. Like you do have to <laughs> teach guys what they're doing and why and like either use his terminology and have people learn that in the middle of the season or somebody translates it and sets it up. Like the, the routes aren't even necessarily always the same. Like it's not as simple as just saying like, oh, do this. Um, you can do that for a few plays, but for a whole offense, that's tricky. Um, you do need to change what you're doing, though. Yeah, you do, but at this point, Henry, kind of like you said, it's it's too late to completely yes. change everything for this season. Now, in the off season, yep. you certainly can, but also, you you want to at least finally just have some stability on what you're doing on mm-hmm. offense. But you also just can't do uh, what's what's not working just because it's stability. So it's a tough spot to be in. And the Broncos are there again. Peyton Manning, YT closing us out says early pod. Hey guys, in my opinion, you have to stop Josh Jacobs and let Derek Carr stop himself. I'm thinking a defensive touchdown on a pick six or fumble on Sunday. Give me 33 to 13 Broncos. I have more optimism and Evero's second chance game plan against the Raiders. The only thing Vegas will be raidering is the fridge is, is fridge or or be raiding is the fridge some Breck brews to drink their pain away. Now for the question, what is the chance that only one player has an elite game this week? Or who is the one player that has an elite game on offense and defense? Would it be Dulcich with a hundred yards and two touchdowns or Cortland Sutton with 150 yards? Maybe Russ balls out. I don't personally think he is washed, but the Seattle audibles are not okay. Put in the work with the team and coaches, make sure everyone is on the same page and this team can have a below average offense at worst omaha okay what's more likely henry dulcich with 100 yards and two touchdowns or Cortland sutton with 150 yards oh i think it's gotta be sutton Mm. i think it's gotta be sutton if i had to pick one out of anybody though i'd just take jerry like he's his status is still up in the air so that makes it even more of a bold prediction but they can't cover him nobody there should be able to cover him it's true Um, Dulcich, it's like they do have kind of fast linebackers. 
It's like Trayvon Morrig is like a good safety. Sutton has he's been he's he's on a tough stretch still. The yeah. sixty yards help, but it's still a tough stretch. Um, I think I'd still go Sutton over Dulcich though. For that's those fair. that that's fair, and and I'm gonna go Dulcich because I think Dulcich is right now probably the Broncos' most dangerous red zone weapon when it comes to the yeah. passing game. So I could see him getting two touchdowns. Obviously, a hundred yards and two touchdowns. You better you probably get some good odds over at DraftKings Sportsbook. So certainly not likely, but uh, in the past four games. Greg Dulcich has been more productive than Cortland Sutton. Obviously, Cortland did have a good game this past week. A good one, not a great one. But besides that, he has had an awful, awful stretch. So I'll go with the more consistent player over the past four weeks, uh, and that's Greg Dulcich. But if either of those guys puts up those numbers, that means Russ is cooking, and the Broncos are probably scoring 20 points, and the Broncos are probably going to win. So Broncos will take either of those guys to do that. And honestly... Broncos fans will take average offense this week, maybe even slightly below average. I mean, Broncos would take slightly below average offense this week because that would probably mean 19, 20 points. If they do that, I think they're probably going to win because I I, I agree. I think it was a a good point brought up by him. This is also Evero's second chance at getting back at the, at at the Raiders. So, and, and adjusting to what the Raiders did, the Raiders are now without uh, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. So there's a lot of things going the Broncos way for this game. And it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. Uh, Broncos back at home for the first time in over a month. Curious to see what the crowd's like. Curious to see how the Broncos play. And curious to see what happens after the game as well if things don't go right. And we're going to be here for you the entire way. Make sure to tune into the tailgate on Sunday morning. Make sure to tune in to the post game show. Sunday shortly after the game ends and have a terrific weekend and we'll see y'all after the game.